I suppose it has been years. So you haven't gone back since you moved away? I mean, I've had like, yeah, I've gone like once or twice, but I mean. Not big sessions. Though. A time. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Although their, their list right now looks delicious. Sounds like everybody's list is pretty killer at the moment, so. You're popping off right now. Yep. True. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the warm sounds of the Beer Engine podcast with Griff and Tony. Hey everybody, what's up? It's Griff. It's another episode of the Beer Engine podcast. Joined as usual here from fabulous Las Vegas, uh, but he is across the world in uh, what I would say. I was actually thinking about this, Tony. You, uh, we went about a two-hour train ride to to your home area, yep. anyways. And uh, if if we were in Chicago, you can easily take a two-hour train ride and still be in the suburbs of Chicago. So while I think you do have a bit of a remote nature about where you are to a degree, because the train did go pretty fast for that whole time. Uh, you can get pretty far out, I'd say, to like a place like McHenry or Gray's Lake up in the uh, northern, far northern Illinois toward the Wisconsin border. Yep. Uh, it'll take you a couple hours, and uh, that we would still call that the suburbs of Chicago. I think that's kind of crazy to think about. Yeah, it, it does really depend on the speed of the train because to get a train stopping all stations to Pakenham, and, and you know where Pakenham is on the end of the right. suburban line, that would take you over an hour and 40 minutes. Um, and it's just because of the fact that the train is express and once it gets out onto the, well, out of the Melbourne area, it can really ramp up to um, around 100 miles an hour. So it, it gets boogie. We'll point out that I, I believe it would take you two hours driving, maybe not two hours, it would take you at least an hour and a half driving in normal traffic conditions to get to McHenry. Yeah. Um, maybe not even normal, like not jammed, like uh, re- reasonably well-moving traffic. Okay. You might still expend an hour and a half. Uh, that area is some, I, I know Melbourne has this sprawl that yep. is getting kind of crazy. And who knows, you might even get wrapped up into it. The more they keep building, all of a sudden you'll be touching the next thing over. And that keeps happening in uh, out there, too. All of a sudden, I'm, I'm going to be going to Kankakee or something. Uh, and it'll be like, oh, there's just pounds all the way here. It's fucked up. You know, yeah. it, it seems to be happening pretty quick. So I, I was thinking, but you're, you're, so you're not officially in the suburbs. No. Uh, I am actually technically in a suburb, I think, uh, here in Henderson. But, hey, fuck. Fuck off, who cares? It's the Vegas Valley. Yeah, but this is where it gets weird with, like, US government because, like, Vegas is so fucking weird. Part of it's an unincorporated town. Part of it's an incorporated city. Part of it's, like, suburban area of wherever. It gets pretty fucking confusing with all the internal politics. I I don't know how Melbourne is defined these days. I I just think as population density gets bigger and bigger... I just start roping everything into like the greater Melbourne area. So as that sprawl extends yep. out, places like Dandenong used to be their own city. Now yeah, they yeah. would definitely be considered part of Melbourne because there are plenty more eastern suburbs that are um, 
between Dandenong and the city that are completely built up with no um, sort of non-urban land in between. Wild. Yeah, no, it's... I mean, the case with Vegas is, though, that everything is built up at all times, right? So there's just these arbitrary lines. You don't go through an area that's anything besides city, right? You might feel... It might feel a little different when you go from Vegas into like downtown Henderson, but Tony, you've probably never even been to downtown Henderson uh, or seen it. Uh, no, I have. You've, you've been to, you have, you've been to like Water Street to see yeah. like. Because uh, I think Brian was living out at Henderson at the time. Oh, he might have been, yeah. Um, but like if you drove, you could enter Henderson and all of a sudden you're at Green Valley Ranch, but you wouldn't fucking know. It's the same shit, you know? It's yeah. just a bunch of. And houses and a big casino, sure. I feel like uh, Vegas is a town where it's like strip mall, then a certain amount of suburbia, then strip mall, then certain amount of yep. suburbia, strip mall, and then it just ends. There's no sort of farmland or like even like estates that get zone. bigger. Yeah, I know same. there are places in Vegas, you know, like out near where Wayne Newton used to live that were bigger estates and they, they do exist, but it... Most parts of Vegas, it just sort of abruptly ends. So when they need more population growth, they can just add it to that. And there's no sort of change in density. It's it's odd in that regard. Yeah. It's going to keep building it out till we get to Boulder City. I mean, it's going to be a whole shit, fucking shit. But uh, it is, speaking of Wayne Newton, I did see a video of him. He is performing again because he has no money. He, I believe he went bankrupt. Um, so he's performing again at the... Flamingo, I believe, in the room where George Wallace had been. Yep. Uh, one of my favorite tweeters of all time and still a funny guy, uh, George Wallace. But um, he was fiddling. He had Wayne Newton with the fiddle. He was <laughs> fiddling real real fast. Uh, it seemed like he was having a good time. Uh, his face doesn't move, which is a strange thing to look at, but that's all right. Um but yeah, Tony, it's uh, it's gonna. I, I think I'm surprising you with this, but this is gonna be our last episode before Christmas. Uh, I am getting on an airplane and flying to Chicago next week during our normal recording time. So we're gonna take uh, we're gonna take the week off. Fair enough. The holiday, which is gonna be lovely. Yeah. Take the twenty first off. But, yep, famous Christmas Day, the twenty first of. Uh, yeah, did whatever month it is, December. <laughs> December um, is when Christmas falls. Whatever. Who fucking knows? Yeah, whatever. Um, <laughs> but Tony, uh, now are are you get now? What do you guys do? You, we've talked about this before, I think. But what are you guys getting together for Christmas this year? You got anything exciting planned? Um, just a big plate of stuffing. I think that's the main thing. I think we're going to keep the meats fairly simple: lamb roast, um, roast chicken. A lot of those actually serve cold, even though I say roast, like we'll roast them either the day before or the morning of, then slice them up and have them cold. But uh, my nephew is big into the stuffing. Yeah, because it's often so fucking hot. Um, That's a good point. Yeah, you don't want to have the goddamn oven blasting all day and eating hot-ass roast yeast or whatever. Some people do that. And of course you can do the seafood thing, but the seafood thing gets costly around Christmas time. Just do it the week prior or the week after. And the seafood is normally in better nick, um, especially the weeks after. And it's just not the price you pay around Christmas. Um, It gets kind of crazy because everybody wants prawns and and crayfish and lobster. 
But yeah, um, so do I. I like all that shit. Yeah, um, we tend to do a lot of salads to go with the um, the lamb rather than than traditional um, roasted vegetables and stuff like that. But um, my nephew is big into the stuffing that we make. Doesn't actually go into the bird, so whether you call it force meat or stuffing doesn't you really put it matter. In there. Um, but yeah, we do it. It's um, a bon appetit recipe. But we're actually going to make the bread this year because to buy good bread at oh, Christmas nice, time is nearly impossible because they just sell out the, the good sourdough bakeries and stuff. So we'll be making that bread and should be delicious. What about you? I'm going a little non-traditional this year, Tony. Ooh. Yeah, I'm not going to, I'm not going to do a, a, usually I'll just throw, you know, I'm lazy um, lately. I, I like, and I like ham and, and you guys know that my, uh, my wife adores ham. Ham is her favorite. Uh, yep. of the breakfast or roasted meats. But uh, I just, you know, I just don't feel like we need the scale and making all the sides and everything. So I'm kind of doing a dinner, a, a meal in one, a holiday meal in one pot. I'm going with beef bourguignon, Tony. I'm going to make a big pot of, of beef bourguignon. Uh, I'm going to use the Maddie Matheson recipe, which I really love. I, I made it last year. It was excellent. Uh, and it's got all your vegetables in there. It's got your carrots, your mushrooms, your pearl onions. You got a gravy that comes out of it, right? A nice sauce. You got yep. bacon. You got roast beef, or not roast beef, but whatever. Close <laughs> enough. You got beef stuff. Yep. And then uh, you got a, uh, uh, it's nice and warm and cozy. You make a big pot of mashed potatoes, and I'll make a cursory vegetable on the side, something green, and we'll be golden. Uh, I think it's going to be fantastic. Yep. Now, do you like, Go full bore on your mashed potatoes because it's probably something that you don't have on a regular basis. Do you go full Robichon? I'm not saying you trammel them or anything like that, but put a shit ton of butter in them. I don't. I won't do it for this. I would, um, but it doesn't make sense. I don't think with this, it doesn't make sense with beef organion. It's got to stand up. It it will be rich, but it's got to stay. I don't want it to be that loose. The Robichon ones are so loose they were like i mean they're delicious but they are nearly soup like in consistency i mean it is wild to eat those things yeah this one needs to i think it needs a little um so i'll probably do it only butter a no a no cream yep well mash. I, I wouldn't add cream to my mash if you're going to add a liquid add yep. milk um because the percentage of sh- sugars is similar you don't need that extra fat um but yeah i i think just do butter and and you're right. Probably do a more stand up mash than say Robichon. Not fifty percent butter, fifty percent potato, like he does. Just sort of scale it right. down. Right, I might have to go more of a. I might want to go more of a seven sixty five thirty five seventy thirty. Yeah, mix here so that we get a little stand out of it. But um, kind of want it to stand up to the to the uh, to the bourguignon, but. Uh, I am excited for it. I mean, I, I have made those potatoes before. I, I tried this last year with just Kelly and I in the house for Christmas, and the, I was skeptical of the like the stand-up mash that was only dropping in the butter. I'm like, man, it's going to be hard to, to get this worked in, but it worked no. out great. It was excellent. As long as you cook your potatoes properly, it's not really an issue. It's people When people like undercook on that first step, then it's an issue. And and don't cook them correctly. Yeah, you, get the wrong type of potatoes. Get something that's too starchy. Oh, that's when it turns into a mess. But are you doing it for more yeah. people than, than just you and Kelly this year? I know you're heading back to Chicago, but I didn't know whether you'd be back in Vegas for yeah. Christmas or what the go was. 
have uh, I'll have a handful of people. So it's it's for six. So I think your kind of normal pot of Bourguignon should be fine for yep. for six or so. I got all all of a nice batch of potatoes. A couple pounds of potatoes should be plenty for this group. And then um uh, uh we'll just we'll make a salad and a big pile of green beans and stuff. It'll be it'll be great. Now, do you ha- have any access to good bakeries in the area? Of course, yeah. We'll be we'll, we're going to go hunt down some like bread. You got to have like a big wedge of crusty bread to slam yep. into this. Uh, Put some pork lard on it. You can't be doing the. You can't be doing just. You can't be doing the Parker House rolls. Although I think I think we will have some because I just like putting them on putting butter on the Parker House roll <laughs> and eating it. Yep. Uh, but I I don't think it's for dipping into the board. I mean, you can probably would taste good, but I think the they um, would be good. I I have to say they would I think be that the would taste good sponge. too. Maybe it's over the top, but it does sound good. So it's but I'll probably get a nice hard, nice crusty piece of bread too for us to yep. dip into that sauce. Yeah, it'll be really good. So I'm excited for that. Um, we've had uh, uh, we've had the Christmas beers start to pop up, Tony. It, it all happened so fast. Like I got back from Australia, um, and then a couple days went by. Uh, Kelly went to Chicago, and I went to the Silver Stamp, and the place was decked out for Christmas with all their Christmas beer menu. And I've started to try some stuff off this menu. I don't know if, I don't think we talked about this menu, Tony, but I, I think Christmas beers are delicious. Are you a fan of like your Christmas style beers, like maybe your winter ales or your spiced ales, or even like these fresh hop beers that are coming out? See, this is the thing. We don't get that many because you've got to remember where we're located. You were in Australia not that long ago. And it was starting to ramp up with heat. So it doesn't make a lot of sense to get many of these you, spice yeah. beers. Like, are you drinking many spice beers in the middle of your summer? You probably, that's not at the top of your list. Not to say that. I'll bloop. <laughs> but there are some that we get. We have occasionally got celebration when Sierra Nevada were bringing more beers into the country. Um, and that's perfect because there are no spices in that. That's no. just a fresh hop yep. IPA. That's wonderful. Yeah. Another one that's that I don't, one. don't think is spiced, and it's from a brewery that we aren't really big fans of, was Brewdog had Santa Paws, was it? I'm familiar with that. Yeah, that one's it's got it's got its charm for sure. Yeah. Now. But when we talk about what stamps do, and I mean, we're thinking like tradition, these are more traditional. So I, first beer I think of, and this isn't perfect, but um, this is one that's that's popped up many times, uh, is the St. Bernardus Christmas Ale, which is essentially a quad. I don't even think yep. it does have any spices on in it. I don't, I don't know if it does or not, but it's a, a big spicy estuary uh, quad, um, and it's phenomenal around the holidays but this menu was full of other international beers like this uh, that who knows if you can crash crash into these Tony the Einbecker Winterbach that's an amazing one uh, we had the um, all these uh, like uh, still knocked have you ever had that the Dola still knocked the Belgian no. Christmas uh, ale that's a big one that's a Belgian strong pale ale with candy sugar, pale malt, nugget hops. There's no spices in that. It's just a nice, um, very strong, very kind of slightly dark Belgian pale. They have a bunch of Italian um, holiday beers. and uh, This one, Baladin Noel Gentile, which is uh, full of roasted 
uh, hazelnuts, whole hazelnuts. I really want to try that one. I haven't gotten all these yet, but Silver Stamp's really bringing it if you're into the Christmas spice beers. Oh, Delirium Noel. That's a classic one that you can often find pretty much anywhere in the world. Um, I like all these beers. I'm a big fan of this. We have the American ones, too, like the American Christmas ales, like Schlafly Christmas, which has, like, orange peel and clove and all those, like, mulling-type spices. I like yep. those, too. But uh, I, I think uh, I, I remember this last year. You were telling us you didn't really get these. But it's uh, if you can just... You know, blast that air conditioning a little bit and, and try one of these. I, I think it's worth it. I, I like some of these spicy beers. Yeah, not to say that they don't get down to places like Calvin Cellars and stuff like that, but we're in the middle of, like, we're right in the teeth of summer when Christmas happens. You really want to be enjoying, like, it is lager time. You know what it's like when it is, it's lager Vegas time. starts yeah, opening up you. for lager time. You actually have two seasons in Vegas, cold and stinking hot and when it becomes lager time you want to drink that and i think if christmas fell more towards the end of summer even if the weather conditions were the same they'd be a little bit more popular but because of where it actually falls um it's not particularly popular and doesn't make a lot of sense if these beers travel well which i don't well the um more european ones would be interesting to grab hold of and hold on for four yeah. to six months yeah. and have them people have done people have done full still knocked verticals i mean uh i'm sure they're great yep a lot of these are well-crafted beers that aren't gimmicks um that i probably should look to get hold of at some point in time rather than just bury my head in the sand and say not in not in our season kind of thing um but i haven't run across that many um, as I said, so, stuff like celebration and stuff that isn't isn't spiced and isn't designed for a northern hemisphere winter, yeah, that comes across if it's if it's got a Christmassy name. But stuff that's specifically themed for a northern hemisphere winter, we don't see a lot of on a local level, at least where I am. To be honest, Celebration is the best one. I don't, I don't think there is a better one. So, so, <laughs> uh, so if you get that one, that one's pretty good. It doesn't have any spices in it. It does taste like Christmas to me. Another one I love, Tony, and if uh, I don't know if anyone will find this one. It's underrated and untapped, criminally underrated, is the Boulevard Nutcracker Ale. I think I've talked about that before. It's loaded yeah. up with whole cone ch- Chinook, which has this like kind of naturally spicy um, flavor that I think goes really well with it. And I'll tell you one that I'm hunting down, Tony, is the Great Lakes. Uh, Great Lakes has always made a Christmas ale. It's like a, let me double check, but I think it's a just your, kind of your standard, um, yeah, classic Christmas spiced ale. It's got ginger, cinnamon, and sweet honey. Yummy. Yep. But they have started sticking that in a bourbon barrel, uh, which, what's up? I'm into that. <laughs> uh, it's got... That's got like some, uh, not old fashioned, but maybe a little bit like that. Like you, you have sort of this coffee colored, uh, almost brown ale, we'll call it. And uh, you throw some ginger and lemon on there and put in bourbon barrel. I think that's a perfect fit. So I'm yeah. going to be in Chicago trying to hunt this shit down. This, <laughs> these tall boy cans of uh, Great Lakes Barrel Age Christmas ale because it sounds... So tasty, and it looks delicious, and it's getting a great rating for an 8% uh, barrel-aged beer, which usually gets destroyed. It's getting a 4.0 rating, which is pretty rare for a beer like this. So 
Yep. So how hard I will that be that. to track down? Will it be relatively easy to track down with the locations that you know? It's not like you're on completely foreign ground. If Benny's gets it, I'll find it. Yep. But if uh, if not, I'm fucked. You know, that's pretty much what the deal is, right? Okay, so it's so it not won't that be it'll... an iron and glass. Oh, I mean, it depends. So if it's at Benny's, it will be at Iron Glass. That's what, it just <laughs> has to be distributed in the area. That's all that matters. Yep, gotcha. So if I, I just don't know if Great Lakes put that one on the truck. I mean, we get all the uh, Chicago gets all the Great Lakes beers. Um, yep. It always has. Uh, but I just don't know if this one in particular, some of these slightly more uh, narrow releases are, are showing up there. So... Uh, you know, I think um, I think our friend Max gets some Great Lakes in his market. So, Max, if you see this one, give it a shot and let me know if it's any good. Uh, I'm, I know you're... Although Max is drinking a bunch of better beers than, than either of us are at yeah, any time. Yeah, well, because so. he's, he's got access to carton. drinking tree houses, though, right? Yeah, right, yeah, in carton, so whatever. Uh, I, I will, I'm sure cool. I've given this shout out before, but Treehouse have a phenomenal YouTube channel for like beer geeks because it's just the head brewer and he just like does random stuff like he did a blind taste test of Mexican lager the other day and not like craft Mexican lager. It was like Pacifico, Dos Equis, um, Corona, uh, Modelo and I'm forgetting one, uh, Tecate. And yeah, doing doing tasting notes from his point of view as a brewer, which is different to a beer judge, because they're thinking about doing even that style. The the thing I love most about Treehouse is their in, occasional Instagram, like corny Instagram mega posts, yep. where they're like, "Treehouse is on a deck overlooking the bay. Does it get is does it get more beautiful than?" Uh, blah, blah, blah. We founded Treehouse on the notion that something. <laughs> or I'm like, God damn it! You're making beer, like, yeah. Lord, <laughs> I think Make it that, easy. I think the marketing team's got hold of that one. I, uh, I, the Treehouse beers are lovely. A lot of breweries do that. They think what they're doing is somehow like this um, uh, universally transformative thing that, and not. Maybe it's just my nihilistic streak that I'm like, this is all fucking meaningless, bro. Just make the beer, and if you make a few people happy about it, like, that's pretty good. You know, you don't have to be altering the condition of the universe or anything like that, you know? but Yeah, I, I, uh, I, I, I somewhat agree with you, but I think you do have to st- sell a story. I think they're trying to sell that story a little too hard. I understand hard. that. But you have to yeah. sell... It's like burial. Yeah. Burial is the same thing, although with burial, I often can't tell if they're being ironic or not, and maybe that's a sign that they aren't being ironic. But you read these names and the and the gibberish behind the beer, you're like, all right, well, that's just fucking, they're, they're making a joke, right? You can't really But again, really they're selling tell. a story. The, the joke is the story. Right. Like some people have to sell. Or not. I don't seriously. know. Yeah. Um, but the joke is, is just as valid a story as anything else. I... I it's just a, a fact that you've you've got to sell something. You can't just produce beer and put it out there because that that doesn't work. And not everybody has to be deep and meaningful about their beer either. You can you can you can be making fun of those people, and you're also selling a story. Or you can make your point that you are using local ingredients, or you're bringing sure. something to the area, or you're a lager brewery, or you're a stout brewery, or you're a glute brewery, or you can. 
they're all parts of the story. Or you can do what Astronomy Aleworks does with their marketing and their Instagram, which is post on their Instagram stories today. Uh, I did look at this earlier, and it said, uh, this is posted not 10 hours ago. It says, Speed Trap 95 northbound at Auto Show in Henderson. They're watching (laughs) from the overpass. All right. Thank you. Thank you, Brewery, for telling me where the speed traps are at the uh, on the on the interstate. That's very cool. So maybe that's not exactly how you want to be using your uh, your Instagram channel. But hey, I thank you to my friend Matt over at Astronomy for for that kind lookout. Hey, uh, he's us. looking out for you because you know the difference between Australia and and US with their their speed limit use. But actually, recently we had, um, and I think it's still going on, the police are having a pay di- dispute with the government. And so they can't really strike. But part of their um, government action is they're riding on their own vehicles um, the locations of all the speed cameras. So the government don't get as much money through fines um, as they normally would. Uh-oh. So... Hey, shows you the actual right. value of the way Australia police their road rules. Well, we're we we ours is just random, and everybody drives like total lunatics here and you know, tries to kill you. It's wild. All right, Tony, why don't we go look at the Discord for a little bit, huh? Let's go and do that. <laughs> I've got to say. Right. It's just nice to be in a nice Discord that I don't have to really worry about people and their mental health. Yeah. Brian is in his own uh, channel right now, if you're wondering. Just just a side note, I just want to say that Brian's doing something uh, <laughs> on his voice channel in <laughs> on TAI, so good luck to him. Uh <laughs> Yeah, I did have a, I did have a little, um, I see, here's my problem with, uh, this is a personal problem I have, uh, not, not necessarily just the TAI discord and I'll divert to the, I'll, I'll go back to our discord in a second. So we had this fellow who probably a nice enough guy. I don't know this guy, um, posted about chicken salt and he said it, it tastes salty with barely other discernible flavors. And this is not this guy's fault, but I, I see anything on the TAI group that is related to me in some tangential fashion because I brought this up and I immediately enter defense, defense mode. I am yep. like, and now this is partially because of, you know, years of assault, my, my past experiences in, you know, maybe self self-inflicted injuries over the years, uh, in the TAI ecosystem. But, um, I, uh, so he says that, and then Brian says, I don't know what it is. Is it salt you put on chicken or salt that tastes like chicken? And I immediately get smart-ass, and I'm like, all right, no problem. I guess I'll Google it for you and tell you what it is. <laughs> I mean, easy to do. do. <laughs> and, and I'm like, there it is. Although I did have an ulterior motive with the section of this. I don't know if you're looking at this, Tony. It's in the TAI episode talk. But the um, the section I chose... And we'll see if this comes to fruition. I know he doesn't. I mean, I don't think he would listen to the show. But we'll see if he can. Maybe you know what? If he pay off my bet on this, I'm down for it. But I put in this um, section of this thing with the header, the, the unnecessary header. 
Because all I wanted to be in here, all I care about being in here is that it shows the ingredients that are in chicken salt, right? Whatever. Yep. But at the top it says, is chicken salt vegan? Yes. And I am just dying. But no, my whole point of putting that in there, which which guy gets on here and has a vegan tirade? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> How many will guys? Somebody Not come which in, one? How many? Right, which guy will come in flying off the handle, unrelated to chicken salt, and go on a rant about veganism or whatever? <laughs> I just I'm I'm just setting odds up to decide which guy it's going to be. It's really good. Now we could um, have technical but issues. But I do agree with. But I'm just going to yeah. jump across and see what Brian's doing. See if he'll he'll join us. I'm just going to click on see if he's actually there or he's a ghost in the voice chat. All right, you you check that out. Because it may kill our connection. Are you still with us, Griff? Or is this you, Brian? Can you hear us? Nope. It appears like I'm talking to nobody, which is delightful. So I'm going to hang up and go back to a person who will talk to me. Uh, Let's get back to where we started from. Back to my good buddy, Griff, who actually talks to me. He's a ghost. He's a ghost. There was clicking and popping, but he wouldn't answer me. And you know what Brian's like? He will answer you at the drop of a hat because he likes to perform. Are we still, are we still safely recording or did you? We are still safely recording. That doesn't affect the okay, recording yeah. at all because we're recording on hardware. The failures I've had inside for anybody, insight for anybody that listened to this hour and is this an Iowa version too? And wanted to know what happens. Uh, the SD card fails from time to time because they use micro SD cards. And we had basically the whole show recorded. We were just about to go into outros and it failed. Um, so that's why we only got half a show. If the SD card holds up, it's not normally an issue. And well, I'll just put in the show notes that uh, we are. Uh, there is a long pause in the middle of the show. Just fast forward. <laughs> <laughs> No, no, I spoke um, over it, so it's fine. Oh, perfect. All right, great. Um, all right, well, let's uh, let's look through the Discord here. Um, Starting off in beer, beer chat. chat. Let's jump yep. right, to, right to beer chat. Uh, we got, uh, you know what? I, I think I might have missed, did I miss this? Oh, I didn't miss this one. I, I got Max with the Apex, or sorry, Aqua Predator last. last yeah, I wasn't good. sure either. Uh, and we did get the calendar stuff. But let's jump over to Nick uh, drinking uh, the Carwin, going through the Carwin Canvent calendar. I think this is, I, I've, I've enjoyed this. I'm learning more about Australian beer. Yep. Now, in the sixth one, he's got this one drop. So this was the Sour Worm Sour Ale. <laughs> and uh, we tastes know just what... <laughs> like Hari Boat Sour <laughs> yeah. Patch Kids. You and Nick were having a contest, I felt like, when we were there. <laughs> To see who could drink the strangest looking fruited sour. And um, I won. It's like, I think you won with <laughs> On the, the one last that you day. had at Beer Mash. Well, I think both of you drank that one. At, uh, not the one at Beer Mash, but I think you, both of you drank that one at different points. I saw the blue beer come out more than once. Oh, no, it wasn't the blue beer I was talking about. I was talking about the one I had at Beer Mash that was the... Uh, well, it was like purple. No, no, the pancake one, you know, that the poured like a yeast cake that was really strange. Had a grey colour, and yeah, bizarre. It, it was, yeah, a it was strange. Yeah, pancake. All right, so that was door six. Was the Sour Patch Kid beer? Sounds fun. All right, I would absolutely get in on a 
bit of that. Uh, the Broader Horizon Hazy IPA. It's uh, uh, this was actually a beer that uh, from a gluten-free brewery. Sounds like uh, yeah, that he did actually like. And we got a Doppel Schwartz from Spotty Dog in Hobart. Now that's Tasmania, right, Tony? I got that. That is Tasmania. Uh, Doppel Schwartz. So that's I'm presuming that's a double Schwartz lager. Uh, would be my guess. That sounds good. And then the F- Amusement Park Fairy Floss IPA. Now for you Americans, Fairy Floss is what we would call cotton candy. Yes. Um, and uh, this is from Goodland, uh, which. I think I had a little bit of Goodland beer. I can't recall. You sure did. But um, this is from from Trelgan, which is where the train stops. So that's yes. cool. Yep. Um, good job, Nick. You were able to bring back a few memories uh, from my experience in Australia. Very nice. And also, I was able to remember that Doppel Shorts maybe means double shorts. Very good. <laughs> uh, with you, Corey. John. Okay, we're all doing our um, untapped. Fucking whatever. What is what was the Spotify one called? The year, not year in review, but your um, yeah, that uh, type of shit, right? Yeah. So un, Untap sends you the year in review, and this year it's got sort of a like eight bit vibe about it, like an eight bit video game vibe about it. Yep. Corey posts up his his top rated beer was the Schlafly Pumpkin Ale. Never a doubt for Corey. The man <laughs> loves. The man is our pumpkin. <laughs> he is, of course. Nick Torque put up his uh, five top beers you rated, which is funny for me to look at because I rate, like, fucking everything five stars. <laughs> um, but his top five are just a right down the list of uh, side projects with one bottle logic. He has Derivation, he has Continuance, he has Catch to Fermier, Saison uh, Dublay, and then the bottle logic scatter signal. You know what? That's a great list of five beers. Um, now, the beer he, he rated the lowest, it looks like, is the Bex Summer Hollander. I don't even know what that is. No. Uh, summer. Uh, maybe this was when he was in Germany. Uh, this was, oh, it's 50% beer, 50% Hollander flavored soda. I don't know what a Hollander is. No. Sounds oh, it's like... an elderberry. It's elderberry Radler from Bex. Or Shandy. Probably not probably not very good um okay so then i i, I popped open a, a little beer yesterday tony uh popped open a bourbon county brand stout have you heard of these guys before no they new up and coming um craft stoutery that um wonder if they got any wood yeah. in their program i think so something like that but I had one left over from last year's uh, allotment. This is the one. These were the single barrel ones. I think these are all single barrel, single barrel like wild turkey or whatever. I don't, I don't quite remember. But um, it tasted good. Uh, I, I wouldn't say it was, but it, I, I, I thought back to us drinking the D Star at Mafco, yep. and this should this does not hit those highs <laughs> by any stretch of the imagination. I got to say, um, it's. It's crazy to say that after, and I, and I think there are still people who um, revere it. Are just steadfast that Bourbon County is the best one. D Star is second class. They, they're I just nuts. don't think it's true. I think I think that's crazy, and it it costs a tremendously large amount more money to to get it. So, yep, I would I would be sticking with D Star, and I will be in the future. 
Uh, finally, in beer chat, we had a little news article from Corey. I thought we could uh, take a look at this. This is from the highly reputable news source, uh, Cur- Curly's Tale, Curly Tales. Yeah, Curly Tales. Uh, and this is about Side Hustle Brewing, which is going to be the first brewery in uh, the UAE, the United Arab Emirates, at uh, Almaria Island in Abu Dhabi. So... Uh, it's kind of crazy, right? So clearly, yeah. you know, the places like the UAE and Qatar, even these very wealthy um, kingdoms uh, in the Middle East that are primarily, you know, I guess entirely, they're Islamic states, right? They're they're yep. they're governments that are um, uh, that hold up, you know, Islamic law. So typically alcohol is reserved for very specific locations. I think that's still a little bit of the case here. Very much so. But, um, it, 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 now typically it was even more closed off, I believe, where it's like in specific hotels, right? You're, yep. If you're in the Hilton in Abu Dhabi or something, you'd be able to go downstairs and get a, you can get a cocktail or whatever. And one of the crazy things is I've read this before right, and I've seen these in the lists like of best beers or best bars in the in the world, a lot of these like handful of bars in these places are like some of the best bars on the planet. Well, of course, right? Which is think of the pay. They're rates. the wealthiest countries in yeah. the world, right? Yeah, right. Yeah, I mean, they, it's crazy. They they can but, afford to buy in the best bartending talent to to make um, these great cocktails for the people that are that are buying them because the people that are staying at the Hilton in uh, Dubai, they're not. Um, People that are short of a dollar. This is in a very specific right part of the country in in this Almaria Island. It's a huge two hundred fifty seat brewery, monster. Um, so they're going to make you know it looks like every type of beer. They're going to have ears of. I mean, they, I'm sure this. Is, it feels like already it's something government sponsored. I didn't look up the ownership. Uh, of course. Halfway on this, but they're immediately getting put on Etihad Airlines flights. <laughs> You're like, all right, sure, fine. Um, but, uh, and they're going to have, you know, they're going to, this is kind of funny. They're going to have Southern Louisiana inspired cuisine. I think that's really funny to think about. It's going to, going to Abu Dhabi and being like, God damn, I need some gumbo. <laughs> Fuck. You know, it's kind of a crazy thing. But listen, if I'm in Abu Dhabi, uh, I'll check this place off and be very, very, very careful not to leave with any <laughs> the kind of hotels. Bus. Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah, right. Um, but it has oh, Tony. Now this is good to see. But right in that area, there's a what's I don't know how you say this. Newsret Steakhouse. It's the Salt Bay Steakhouse. Oh, Jesus Christ! Now there's somebody that doesn't Tony, actually yeah. produce quality. Um, probably similar prices to buying a. A pint of beer as to buying a steak at Salt Bay, given how I'm sure the UAE government would tax that that beer. But yeah, that's something that oh, is can completely we find overhyped. what it costs to have a beer at this place. I, uh, can we see what it what it would? Is there a? I mean, I I don't know. I don't know what if I can see a menu of. Uh, they don't have the uh, UAE menu. Um, well, they do have a. No, I know. I'm just. I was. Looking on their website, there's not shit. So, no. um, damn. Okay. 
uh, I would I would love to uh, find out what what a beer costs at this place. I bet it's I bet it's insane. I guess it's comical amounts. Yep. I mean, it's crazy what that Newsrat Steakhouse costs here. I mean, we went through that menu months or maybe yeah. years ago. We went through that menu and looked at the. I mean, that's a that was an expensive steakhouse for Vegas and is pretty low rated for what it is. Very um, low rated. So I'm guessing this shit is insanely expensive, but. If for some reason my company sends me to Abu Dhabi, which I didn't think they would send me to Brazil, so who knows? Uh, I guess I'll check. I guess I'll check this place out. Um, yep, because moving uh, on, do we have? Uh, I think we actually have had a relatively quiet week. So you guys got to. Oh, actually, I did want to bring this up. We did have um, Nick, who's going to uh, who did respond to my comment that the shittiest beer in the Qantas Lounge. I couldn't come up with one. Uh, his is the uh, the Crown Lager. It's the same recipe that gets sold as Foster's in the UK. Now, I didn't know that. The, um, there you go. I didn't know that either. And then he told us he's going to Tasmania, so he's going to be trying to check off all these breweries. Uh, he says he, he'll be happy if he gets to half of them. I have a lot of faith in Nick. <laughs> this man does not leave any stone unturned. I, I fully suspect he will be attempting to reach all 26 breweries. Uh, but he is taking the car, so you need to be very, 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 very careful, Nick. Okay, so good luck out there. Yeah, and they, uh, those are Tasmanian roads. While the uh, road from Launceston to Hobart's fine, uh, some of those other roads are kind of hillbillyish. Uh, Tasmania is isolated compared to the rest of the country, and is pretty wild. Have you, have you been there? I have not been to Tassie yet. I need to get over there. And there is one island, uh, looks like on King Island or on, uh, what's the other island? Um, Flinders Island. Uh, and I, I, I very much doubt he'll be getting to that island because uh, that's a very isolated brewery over there. That's interesting because we were talking about fairies last week too. And I think maybe we talked about the... Uh, Spirit of Tasmania. Uh, fairy, the fairy to Tasmania. Um, so I hope, I hope Nick has better luck. On the uh, on the ferry than than I was having on the ferry between uh, Nova Scotia and Maine when I was trying to hold down my vomit. Uh, whatever. There was a lady who who did tell us that she 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 was bragging at the restaurant later that night that she vomited seven what? times or something like that. That's not. I would not be happy about that. That's not good. No, that that's not but, good. Gang, if you want to. If you want to join us on the Discord, please send us a note on Instagram, Beer Engine Pod. Send me an email, beerengineshow at gmail.com, or very easy, there is a link at the bottom of our website. Our website is beerengineshow.com. The link uh, is a little picture of a video game controller, also known as a submarine controller, also known as a subway controller. <laughs> uh, you can control your own subway store. And you click that link, and it will take you to our Discord, where you'll be automatically, magically invited, automatically invited to our uh, to our Discord, where you get to come and chit-chat about various things like this. Tony, let's do the Logger of the Week. Griff's Logger of the Week. Griff's Logger of the Week. A week for logger for old Griff. Uh, my logger of the week is 
Going to go to Iinger Pilsner, a very, very classic Pils from Germany. Uh, that's not, not much else to it than that. Uh, it's just the, it was the Pilsner that I had. I think that's the Irish, <laughs> Irish Pils. Nick, Nick holding a gun to the back of my head. Um, there's a, uh, getting a shitty rating on Untapped, of course, despite being highly delicious. Uh, it, uh, it has, uh, aromatic hops from the Hallertau region of Bavaria and it tastes wonderful. Tony, how about you? Um, sorry to promote a Mafco beer again, but I'm going to do it on both segments of this show. Uh, the Eagle Art, which is a beer I don't think you had, um, I had it with some, uh, oh, no, right. that's not true. I had it with some Aperol in it. That's right. Uh, you had to do something to give it flavour. Um, but what I will say is it's a clean, crisp example of the style. It uh, went on tap for the first time um, at all because the previous batch had been canned um, at the local coffee house. Um, so coffee house one, oh, I forget the numbers, Mafra Coffee House. You're not going to go to Mafra and find it. And if you do, just hit me up. I'll direct you to one of the two places that serves great coffee in Mafra. Um, and they had it on tap and Jimmy and I were just sitting in the rain drinking it as um, as we were waiting for the Mafra Festival to finish because we had a torrential thunderstorm during the Mafra Festival. Mm. We were trying to sell a little bit of beer, but it was essentially rained out. Um, but it was nice drinking that beer on tap. It was crystal clear uh, and super clean. So congratulations to Jimmy for pulling that off. Fantastic. Yeah, I'm ex- I thought the Eagle Ale was a tasty beer. I was kind of jealous it wasn't on draft. It was a nice, easy drinker. It's going to be great for summer. I think you guys will Yep. Will like it out there. Um, and something that Griff and I discussed before the show, but I'm going to put this out to anybody. Um, I'm designing a Mexican lager recipe. If anybody wants to point me in the direction of um, any great um, Mexican lagers that I should check out, um, I don't have to be able to get hold of the style to check them out. Uh, Griff's directed me to frame. I'm gathering some information from that. But if anybody else has got some beers that I should um, check out to to learn from, let me know. Absolutely. Let's see the beer of the week. We don't need the full one this week. I don't need to think. Normally I use that time to look up my untapped. I've got a fridge full of like Goodland beer and some other beer that I need to actually get consuming. But my beer of the week is a style that we invented in the brewery because um, we didn't quite get it on style. We wanted a Pacific Ale, but when inputting his hops into the recipe, um, Jimmy didn't put the correct alpha acids for his galaxy and his galaxy mm. this year was 18.8% alpha acids. So when he put in his bittering additions, it was crazy bitter and it was too bitter to be a um, Pacific Ale. So we just called it a hazy XPA and it is a delicious okay. beer, um, drinks 
not like a neeper because it's not thick in body, but it's hazy and it's fruity and it's just got a nice bitterness. I'd call it a, a new style West Coast, but it's too cloudy uh, to be that style given the yeast and everything that we used. So um, very happy with that. It's it's a beer, it's a craft beer drinker's drink. It's uh, really delightful. Okay. Uh, it's one of the happiest beers that we've been um, that's come out of the brewery. Although the past couple of brews, at least the new releases, have been really well received. So you've had the Nipa, you've had the Armbender, um, and they've both been well received. And this will be as well when yeah, it gets the, released next week. Yeah, I thought the New England IPA was, was delicious, and I thought the Armbender was great. So you guys are doing good work over there. Tony, oh, man, my beer of the week. Uh, I think I have to go. So I last year... It is a good story. Last year, I won the Ugly Sweater Party at Silver Stamp. Did I ever tell you guys this? I won the Ugly Sweater Party for Christmas at the Silver Stamp. And so I went there, and I finally used my gift certificate, my $100 gift certificate for wearing my Malort Ugly Sweater. <laughs> it has little bottles of Malort knitted into it. It's it's very, uh, well, not real bottles, but like little um, little pictures of little bottles, right? Yep. Um. And so we had a great day over at the Silver Stamp on Sunday, and we drank two amazing beers. I'm not sure I can pick one that I liked more. Uh, so I'm going to have a 1A and 1B. 1A will be uh, this beer. I think you'll be happy about this, Tony. It was called Supernaturally Peach and Raspberry Wild Ale from La Seren Brewing. Oh. It was uh, from uh, from Australia, Tony. We I picked it up. I bought it. Uh, right in front of you. Yep, you did. There at that brewery. This was actually, I didn't know this, it was a special collaboration with Carwin Cellars, funny enough. Uh, a super complex and refreshing natural wild ale, uh, fresh peaches and raspberries from Sunland Fruit Orchards, combined with 24-month oak-aged wild ale to create something seriously supernatural. This was beloved by all who got to taste it in the silver stamp, including uh, their... Uh, uh, our delightful bartenders on Sunday who happen to be the owners, in fact, uh, Andrew and Rose, who found this beer fantastic. And they're going to be on the hunt for hopefully, uh, you know, La Seren had historically been carried here in the States in a few different Select. special locations. I'd never seen it in Vegas, but um, I think they're hoping uh, that maybe they'll run into some here, uh, especially since they've been buying wildflowers. So uh, I believe they said they were going to, Ping their guys over at Lime Ventures and see if they could pick that up because I'm like I think La Serena is like maybe even a little better or at least different than Wildflower I would say yep. it's definitely different I would say less funk more punch more fruit punch more fruit sour a little heartier with the sour the other one I gotta say that I really love this will be the one B I uh, with my hundred dollar gift card I I just can't spend a hundred dollars at Silver Stamp it's hard to do I'm just <laughs> sitting there for a few hours sipping on a couple beers I you know. Nothing crazy. Um, so I was like, well, what should I do? How do I use this? And I just decided to buy the most expensive beer in the menu because I'm like, fuck it. I'll just do that. I don't know what else I'm going to do. And I barely got to $100 with that. Um, so I bought uh, the Dreyfontainen Windberg Perzik, which was the uh, a uh, – Two and three year old lambics that were macerated with German grown vineyard peaches. The maceration took a full four months. 
blended back with more two-year-old Lambic. Uh, these peaches were hand-picked in Germany. Uh, 362 grams of peaches used per liter of beer. It is a very, very peachy Lambic, and I love this as well. Any peach beer, I'm telling you, these are both peach beers. We had peach raspberry, peach Lambic, and I could not get enough of these. Peach and sour are just such a great combo. They are. And these are both incredible. I, I adored them both. So it was a good day on Sunday over at the stamp if you like sour beer. And you were sitting by me because you got to have all of these because I was sharing them with everyone. So Lucky bastards. Lucky you. Goddamn. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Life is good. Tony, how about you? Uh, you already told me your beer the week. We don't yeah. do it again. Very good. <laughs> Why don't we move on and do the hyper beer nerd dork shit news, huh? You know, I could not let uh, this won't be our last show of 2023. Thank God. But if it were, it's at least our last show before Christmas. So, you know, I got to be getting our listeners a Christmas present. So this week's news is nothing but the hits. (laughs) Only Griff's favorite news. And I know my listeners love some of that. I I just come up with a tagline for this. Griff's favorite Griff's. Get it? Griff's favorite Griff's? Griff's? Yeah. All right. You know this one I love, though. I love the Buzz Light boycott. I'm, I'm a, you know what? Not in, you. In a lot of ways. Listen. The subject oh, of this I, is a grifter. That. I'm a grifter, too. You can go to my website, ko-fi.com <laughs> slash beer engine podcast if you want to feed my grift. Um, it rock. Kid Rock, remember him? He's been around. He's been around the block on the on the Beer Engine podcast, huh? He says he is done boycotting Bud Light. You go down here and you see a picture of the sign at Kid Rock's big ass honky tonk, or whatever it's called. Um, so he was one of the first people, obviously, who who said he was boycotting. And uh, then he got pissed off about, uh, well, he got pissed off about the trains thing, right, all the time. Yeah. But then he said the other day on Tucker Carlson, on Tucker Carlson's X show, which sounds like Tucker Carlson is horse- hosting a porno, <laughs> which is really <laughs> the funny way to have to say it. Which is, uh, all I think about is, like, people just wearing bow ties and that's all they're wearing during the scenes. Yeah. Hey, check out my X show, <laughs> Tucker Carlson. Here's the quote from Kid Rock. Do I want to hold their head underwater and drown them because they made a mistake? No, I think they got the message. So Kid Rock is back on the side of Bud Light. Unfortunately, it's not quite working out for Bud Light yet. We're still down 30% over uh, versus last year. Uh, now, CNN did visit Kid Rock's. This is, this is what CNN's busy doing right now, is they're going to Kid Rock's bar in Nashville, and finding out if they're serving Bud Light. <laughs> Thank you. Um, you could just ask a guy to take a fucking picture of that menu. God damn it. <laughs> but um, their new CMO is also resigning. They're shifting out. They're shuffling the deck chairs on the Titanic for for AB InBev still. But um, that's fine. So Kid Rock is back on the side of Bud Light. Thank God. Yep. You think that'll save him, Tony? Oh, absolutely. Kid Rock coming back on side will absolutely bring them back into the fold. They'll become an, um, America's number one bestseller uh, by the end of 
March, I'm going to say, thanks to Kid Rock coming back on board. It's got nothing to do with the beer quality or the fact that they were, once people moved away from Bud Light, they realised they weren't missing much and it wasn't that hard to fucking change. And that most macro beer is just essentially the same flavourless water that um, that they're all drinking and it just comes in different bottles. So um, they'll make the switch back, no no drama at all. They'll be the number one world leader in beer soon enough. And they are a struggling yeah, company, of course. We know AB struggling trouble. A struggling mid-sized business. I mean, we hate to see it. You know, listen, our podcast has made a clear statement over the last few months as the American, you know, craft brewing scene goes through its own growing pains here. And that's that, uh, you know, we hate to see breweries... Uh, uh, lose traction, you know, yep. lose their market share. And, uh, boy, we, I would hate for Bud Light to uh, not have the loyal backing of all of their local supporters there in the uh, St. Louis, St. Louis and California and New York and various uh, Texas and various other areas where they have <laughs> massive Alaska. operations. Yeah. yeah. Now, this is funny, Tony. I'm just looking at the CNN website here. I don't know if you're on here, but if you look at the top, uh, I, I always love seeing this on the CNN business thing, which is the fear and greed index. <laughs> and currently the fear and greed index uh, is in the green. And my favorite part is that the green is like, it's green and red. So you make the assumption like, oh, green means go, red means you know bad or stop, yep. right? Green to them is greed. They're saying greed is awesome. That's cool. That's driving the U.S. market. And also the percentage of greed that is being driven is 69, which is just fun. <laughs> yeah, stuff. I thought that's the joke you were going to make. Yeah. 69. We're at 69 greed. I'm at, I'm at 420. I'm at 420 risk or something. Or I'm at 420 fear. <laughs> yeah, you're paranoid. You've had too many red. edibles. Yeah, I'm having 420 fear. CNN's having 69 greed. It's going great. Good stuff. So we got a Kid Rock story in before the end of the year. Thank God. Uh, if I'm just knocking on wood, I'm praying to the to the beer gods. Please, please give me one more conservative dad story before the end of the year. Yes. I need, if I don't have one more conservative dad story for the final show of 2023, this whole year feels like it's been a waste. So uh, you have to give me one more universe, please. Uh Tony, like I said, it's it's a week. Uh, it's a Christmas present to our listeners. It's a Christmas present to me. So the next thing I have for you is a Griff special. You know Griff loves a list. Listicles! The listicles are coming hot and fast. Hot, hot, hot. 420.69 hot and fast <laughs> for uh, end-of-year wrap-ups. And this one's from Vine Pear. Uh, the 30 best breweries in the country right now, according to Beer Bars. Uh, this was published just a week ago, Tony. This is fresh. This is fresh news. This is fresh listicles for so us right So this here. is essentially like a hazy IPA that has just come off the production line. You're getting it as fresh as you can get it. So my favorite part of this article, of course, right now is that it starts with Sense of the Dawn of Craft Beer. Excellent. Perfect introduction. <laughs> Anytime you can say Sense the Dawn of something, yep, you have my heart. You've stolen my heart away. Amazing. Uh, bars have played a pivotal role 
in some, oh, it just gets better. <laughs> Since the dawn of blank, blank has been the most important blank in blank. Is just the greatest eighth grade way to start a sentence. Since the dawn of man, man has always craved water. But why? You know, I just love that shit. It's so good. Anyways, here are the 30 best beers. Let's see if we can, uh, let's see if we care about any of them, Tony. I, I cruised through this list earlier and found a few that we like. Um, we got North Park, North Park Beer Company. Now, I've been there, Tony. That's a good place in San Diego. I respect okay. that place. Yep. And it was recommended by uh, a fellow, the beer buyer for Bottlecraft, which is another place that I quite enjoyed in San Diego. Highly recommend both of those to our listeners visiting San Diego. North Park Beer and Bottlecraft, uh, the store. Give it a look. Try some IPA at, uh, and some lager over at North North uh, North Park. I almost said North Coast. Arcane Ale Works, that's in Florida. Don't know much about them, um, but what? that's great. A masthead. Sorry, go ahead. I thought you might have checked them out, but it appears they're in the Tampa area of Florida, so... Yeah, I didn't make it to that one. No. Um, Masthead in Cleveland. I have not made it to these guys, but I have heard they're excellent. So um, uh, good for them. That's great. OEC Brewing, I am familiar with. They're on here from Oxford, Connecticut. Uh, I, I presume our friend Max has run himself into some OEC yep. uh, beer. They, they make delicious lagers. The Cool Ship Lager is a favorite of mine. I would buy it more if it weren't like sixteen ninety nine for a four-pack, so... Uh, it is it is kind of wild. Uh, Halfway Crooks from Atlanta is on here. I talked about Halfway Crooks a lot this year, especially after NBCC. Halfway Crooks had a huge event there. The yep. beers are excellent. Uh, Schilling is a brewery in New Hampshire that is mainly focused on lagers. Uh, so we actually have two, three, like, distinctly lager-focused breweries in a row here with OEC, who does make some sour stuff too, Halfway Crooks, Shilling right in a row. That's awesome. Yep. Uh, Ghost Town Brewing in Oakland. I don't know them very well. Uh, we have a Birmingham district in Alabama. Another one that's new to me. Now, this one threw me for a loop. I'd be interested to know what our Chicago um, contingent thinks of this place. I'm not familiar with it. Light the Lamp Brewery in Grays Lake, Illinois. Now, I just got to say, the photo doesn't really do it justice with the tasting battle. Mm-hmm. Whichever bartender poured those poor beers, uh, ooh, yikes. Did not hit the target on this, yeah. This is not a great photo. Um, so uh, the fellow who recommends this is from a place called Beer Miscuous in Chicago, which is a well-respected beer bar in Chicago. Uh, apparently this says the sign of an excellent brewery to me is the ability to innovate and thrive in a very, in a variety of styles. Uh, light the lamp does this with hoppy, dark, sour, and light brews. Their idiot sandwich IPA boy, great name uses dip hopping to marry hazy and West coast (laughs) proclivities in a remarkably drinkable and flavorful hopping. I don't know what that means. So maybe I'll have to get my hands on some of this stuff. I, I, I've not, I mean, I'd heard of them, but they just seemed like a local, you know, that, and there's nothing wrong yep. with that. Like a brewery that is a community brewery. Great. You know, um, they, if they can make some, a couple quality beers for the locals, wonderful. 
But, uh, I mean, I guess Beer Misuse guy is supposed to be pretty – I mean, Beer Misuse is a good bar. I guess I'm curious yep. if there's anything here. So maybe the, the gang over in Chicago could tell me if there's anything to that. Then we get into uh, some other stuff here. Now, there, here's one I love. This is Suarez. Suarez, you know, is killing it at everything, especially lager. But uh, their their farmhouse program is killer. They're on here. Good word in Georgia. Not familiar. Um, now, but they were recommended by a place called Salud Beer Shop in Charlotte, which is a great beer shop. They're in Charlotte. Yep. We have Offset Beer Company in Park City. We have Jackie O's Brewery. Now, this is a great one too, Tony. Didn't you mention Jackie O's? Uh, yeah, Jackie O's is excellent. Jackie O's makes some killer, killer, killer barrel age beer, and I'm assuming everything else is good too. But we mostly only got the barrel age in Chicago, which would actually just sit on the shelves, and I would put it like above Goose Island by a lot, and right there in the hunt with with Rev. If not a little, now it's a little more expensive, but it is yep. some killer shit. The uh, Jackie O's barrel age stuff is fire. I highly recommend. We keep going. We hit Oxbow in Maine. That's as good as it gets at farmhouse, lager, all that stuff. Um, it is great to see a lot of farmhouse and lager breweries on this list. I'm very happy about that. I know we've been saying year of the lager for quite some time, but it really feels like this year has been the year of the lager. I'm just been getting its. You really think so, right? I mean, look at all these breweries. It's crazy. Um, next down here is Drecker. Now, Drecker, you know what Drecker does, Tony? Um, that's a straight up. That's a straight up. That's a straight pastry. up glute maker right yep. there. We got mega. We're we're in. We're in, we've entered mega glute territory. These are some heavily fruited sours you're looking at here. Uh, Drecker does make some other nice beers. They make. Um, they do make a nice pills that I've had relatively recently. We actually get some of their beers here in Vegas. If I were in Fargo. I would absolutely check them out. But like, they're doing peanut, peanut butter and jelly chunk. Now, come on. That's just a... <laughs> yes. I'm down for it. Now, Delish. I think Glute was Tony's overdone, those, yeah. but I, I think it's starting to find its equilibrium within the market. And we started, we've weeded out most of the bad Glute makers. And now what we're left with is just a nice little offshoot of the, of the culture. Now, look who's next, Tony. Uh, now we know I know this person. So Imbibe Custom Brews in Reno. Now this is a favorite brewery of our friends over at the Silver Stamp. And wouldn't you know who recommended this? But Rose Signor, the owner of the Silver Stamp in Las Vegas. There you go. Uh, there you go. Yeah. So good for Imbibe. I like their beers. They, their sours are very funky. Pretty punchy, maybe a little punchy for old Griff's baby palate. Uh, <laughs> now, Rose and Andrew have worked in the beer and food industry for their whole careers. So they might, I think they're more of the type who, to taste anything, they want it to deliver on some serious flavor. Yep. And uh, Imbibe definitely does that for sure. These are good beers. I, I like Imbibe. I think it's probably one of the best breweries in, in Nevada. Um by a long shot, but those sours can, you're, you're, you could get the sore jaw. You ever have that, Tony, where you're oh, yeah. drinking sour beer and your fucking face hurts. You're like, oh God. Yeah. First the cheeks hurt and then that goes away. The acid goes away and you're just left with this jaw ache from the sourness. I get it. Um, it's kind of like the chili buzz that you get where you just, 
once you once you get it, you just want more and more of that that pain. Good stuff, though. It was great to see Rose on this list. Very good. Uh, then we have uh, Allagash. Well, no shit. I mean, good. I mean, obviously they should be on any list. <laughs> There's a million breweries that should be on every list of the 30 best breweries. Yep. But Allagash. I mean, what else can you say? You know, fantastic. Uh, we've got New Heights Brewing in Nashville. Now that'll be an interesting one if I ever find my way back to Nashville. God help me if I do. But um, <laughs> there's a. It would be nice to have another brewery to check out. This one's for Max. Now Max, I'm not familiar with this one. Brewery ARS or ours ARS, we'll say in Philadelphia. Uh, looks like these guys are. Uh, I I really don't. Uh, looks like they're making a pale ale. Uh, yep. They have a nice looking design here. Uh, I don't know much about these guys, but they were recommended by the owner of the Fountain Porter in Philadelphia. So maybe Max can tell us what's up with those guys. We have Fluvial, not familiar. In, they in make the middle IPAs. Of nowhere in Maine. I can tell you they that They make much. IPA for sure. Uh, Structures Brewing in Bellingham. I've actually had some beers from this place, um, and they're good. Uh, Structures is a good brewery. Now, Jester the next King one, is on here. No, but, uh, yeah, Jester King. That's another one where it has to be on every list, basically. Same with the one underneath it, a place that um, ah, we've had some of their beer. There's Bottle Logic. Yep. yep. You can't beat Bottle Logic for some of your sweet barrel aged stout. Uh, Gezelig in uh, Newtown, Ohio. Not familiar. Uh, Hella Coastal, great name, in Oakland. Uh, two Oakland breweries on here. We got Fox Farm. They make a ton of lager. That's another lager brewery on here, Tony. Yep. Uh, Fox Farm is great. I had a few of their beers when I was in uh, in New York City. Inner Voice in Decatur, Georgia. I think that's three Georgia breweries on this list, which and in Alabama. So yeah. I guess the South is having its beer renaissance a bit. Forager, that's a great one, uh, which was recommended by one of my favorite beer bars in the world, uh, from Peter's Craft Beer in Copenhagen. And they had a huge Forager Tap takeover when we were in uh, for MBCC, which was killer, so good for them. You got Tactical Brewing in Orlando. I don't know them too well. Looks Student like it makes Seattle. some gloop. Look at that blue thing it on makes the some end. Gloop. It looks like some hard-ass gloop right there at Tactical. Stoop in Seattle, which I have a, I, I've been to many times and is a... Uh, a truly wonderful brewery. Stoop is excellent. And that's it. There you go. That's the 30 best breweries in the country. And I, uh, personally, uh, not knowing most of these, sign off on this list as the definitive list of breweries you should try to go visit or I will try to go visit or something in the yep. next few years. I would love to go to, honestly, I would love to go to Schilling. Uh, I would love to go to Halfway Crooks. I, I've had those beers before. I've been to Suarez. Um, and there's there's many other breweries here that I would love to hit up again, but uh, uh, yeah, it's a good time. I'd actually kill to go to Fox Farm. I bet it's really pretty there. That sounds cool to me. So there you go. That was our listicle for the week. Your Christmas listicle. Uh, please feel free to thank me in the Discord for providing you with an important list uh, so that you all have something to listen to. Very cool. Well, can I thank you? Over the air, rather than doing it in the Discord. Thank you. It's always nice to be interview, 
introduced to new breweries. But how many new breweries have you been to this year? Has it been a uh, positive year for new breweries? I know you travelled to Australia and you travelled to other places. Uh, just be interested in your new brewery counts and, and how that's going. I wish I knew. I don't I don't keep track as well as Nick, but I, I mean, everything I saw in Australia obviously was brand new. Yep. Uh, Copenhagen is not really a city where you go to breweries. Um, True. So when we were in Copenhagen, they don't have a ton of like brewing facilities that you can go and lay eyes on. Uh, now I was in, uh, I think I hit a couple, maybe one or two new ones in Madison when we were there. Uh, I enjoyed, uh, I, I've, North Park was a new one maybe for me this year. I think I didn't hit, hit that place till 2023. Uh, so that was a great one to check out. But, uh, you know, I, I don't know. I, I think it's been a slower year for me for just, like, brand-new breweries. And I've mentioned that before on the show here, is that I've, I've, I'm increasingly skeptical of breweries until they can show me something. There's probably five, ten breweries in Vegas that I haven't even laid foot in um, that yeah. I need somebody to prove something to me. Like, for <laughs> example, we went to L.A., and I knew I wanted to go to Homage and Highland Park. I had never, yep. never been to those places. They were both great, but I knew their beers were great. We had had their beers a dozen times before, before I ever set foot in these places. And, um, you know, I'm not really the type anymore to just like set foot in a brewery unseen, sight unseen without kind of having an idea that like, okay, I think this is going to be, this is going to be a worthwhile but, experience for me. But you're a local, like, isn't the, um, the investment's not a lot being a local. It's not like you're travelling to a place and you're going to miss out on part of your vacation. Okay, you miss a... Peppermint points. <laughs> <laughs> Son of a bitch. I could have drank a pizza port. I could have drank a pizza port instead of this awful thing. You know what I mean? Yep. It's just maybe that's maybe that's too... I'm too harsh. I should go back to... Like, I've been to Chicago Brewing. Uh, brewing? Brewing. Uh, Tony, you might have been today. to Chicago. You might have been to Chicago... Uh, it's in the Four Queens. They're one of their locations yep, is in I the fucking Four Queens. Um, they have a their original spot is up uh, on the northwest side, and they make good beer. Uh, okay. But I just never go. I mean, it's so far for me, right? But, uh, and by so far, I mean oh, thirty minutes. My God. Well, I've got um, a list here on Ada Las Vegas of the um, tap rooms in Las Vegas. We'll just go through them quickly. Ones that you've either been to okay. or had some of their beer. Big Dog's Draft House. Absolutely. Delicious. Uh, North Fifth Brewing Company? I have been to North Fifth. Uh, it's a little bit nondescript. It's 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 got that very industrial, undecorated industrial park vibe to it. Yep. Um, their beers are palatable, if unspectacular, I would say. Uh, Tenue Creek Brewery? Yeah, Tenea is oh, an Tenea. excellent brewery. Yep. Yep, Tanea is very good. They've moved a couple times. They're currently in a location near downtown. Very good beer. Uh, I've been to their. Uh, I've been to their original spot. I don't think I've been to their new spot. But uh, you know, not to spoil. But I think Tanea. I think some things are going to be changing at Tanea gotcha. in the near future, based on some intel I have gathered that I probably shouldn't put into public airing yet. Okay, Hop Nuts Brewing. Oh God! Uh, I have been to Hop Nuts, <laughs> okay. and I don't plan on returning to Hop Nuts. I okay. will be will be stepping away from the Hop Nuts experience. Huddle 
Brewing Co. Yeah, Huddle I've been to. You know, the beers weren't for me. Uh, they're right by the Silver Stamp. I mean, they're a yep. block and a half away from the Silver Stamp. But um, those aren't those people are the they're the sweetest people in the world. Um, and I, the beers just are not really. Yep, they're, gotcha. not, they're not for me. Yeah. Nevada Brew Works. Yeah, <laughs> I'm passing on Nevada Brew Works. Uh, Nevada Brew Works was one of the first places. It was. I think I mentioned this. John Taffer went into Nevada Brew Works like three months episode. after they opened or something. Yep. Yeah. Uh, they make a very like down the middle, like rock bottom type set of beers, pretty much. Yep. Uh, I've never been in there, but nobody's ever told me that their beers are anything but they're boring. Veer from boring to nondescript to just flat out bad. So I've yep. passed on it. Abel Baker. Abel Baker's great. <laughs> I, I really enjoy Abel Baker. One of the best uh, in the city, along with Big Dogs. Yep. Actually had a batch, uh, a, had their pills a couple weeks ago. And their latest batch of their pills I thought was really hitting the target. So good for them. Beer Zombies. Beer Zombies isn't really a. No, okay. It was Again, just tap rooms, <laughs> so. Okay. Uh, well, beer zombies. I'm winking through the camera here. Uh, <laughs> beer zombies may be becoming a brewery here in Vegas quite soon. Okay. As it relates to maybe another brewery okay. that you brought up. Yep. Gotcha. Uh, they're, they're, <laughs> uh huh. And um, but it's fine. I like beer zombies. Fine. I, I don't. Yep. I don't go there um, regularly, but I've been there a few times. Yeah. Chicago. We we spoke about uh, trustworthy like brewing Chicago. co. They're in the Venetian. Uh, okay, you know I'd That's have to go it. to the, I'd have to go to the Venetian, but they are a Cal, they're a California based brewery that just has a tap room here. I think so. Now, where's Bali's Casino and Brewing Co? Oh, we have <laughs> talked about Barley's on this show. Barley's is a is a station owned product. Okay, uh, Station Casinos runs Barley's. Uh, they make some god awful beer. They did have to pay. They had to pay a guy like eight million dollars recently because they the bartender had no idea what was going on. They were flushing the lines with oh caustic. I don't know, like that caustic or, or cleaner, acid. and somebody poured a glass of it and fucking served it to someone. Eight million. They got uh, a flight. They did. The guys fucking. Got probably got like permanent ulcers and shit, yeah. right? and his esophagus is all fucked. Craft um, House Brewery, yeah, very good. Yeah, okay, very good brewery right down the street for me. Very nice. Astronomy Hour Works. Astronomy tells you the traffic report. Uh, makes <laughs> a palatable beer generally. Um, uh, I, I really like the owner. He's a very sweet man, um, and I uh, I've been to their tap room probably. 50 times, uh, yep. especially for when I first moved here because I made friends with the uh, with the bartender at, uh, at that spot. So, decent, pretty good beers. Yeah. Bad Beat Brewing? Yeah, you know, Bad Beat. Uh, this is just rumor. I, I, don't, I, don't have any, I don't have any other details on this, but rumor is that Bad Beat may be headed out of town, uh, unfortunately, okay. which, is, which is too bad. But, um, you know, they had a little period there where they had – Better tasting beers. They had hired somebody from Big Dogs. The beers were starting to come around, um, but then that person left. So you know, I I just that's just with three breweries right there. I go to Craft House first. I go to Astronomy second, <laughs> and then I'm usually ready to go home. So it doesn't matter. Yeah. Yep. Love Lady Brewing Co. 
This is the one I feel the worst about. I've never gone in there. There are two locations within 10 minutes of me. Yep. Um, but I've heard the beers are perfectly fine. I mean, I've heard some mixed stuff about the people who run this place. Um, <laughs> now, it's the guys. Tony, you'll be familiar with this place, too. I don't know if they're Trumpian or not, but maybe. <laughs> um, I they Tony, you remember Sin City Brewing Company, which is like yeah. the shitty thing that you would see in like the Flamingo or whatever? Yep. Yeah, that's this guy was the brewer for that uh, forever. Yep. And then he's like, fuck this. I'm going to open my own place They're in a nice building in downtown Henderson. And I, I've had a few of their beers and they're again, another set of beers that you're like, these are perfectly palatable beers. Yep. But not pushing um, themselves. Mojave right. Brewing Co. Mm. Hobby's another set of people that I've, that I've, I haven't met, but I've heard are very, very sweet people, but their beers, I just do not care for. Yep. Just, and then the last one me. is out at fucking Boulder City and you're not traveling out to Boulder City. So I've actually been to the Boulder City Brewing Company. Oh, Boulder Dam Brewing uh, Co. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it's Tony, it's a, it's a, um, it's a rock bottom slash, you know, like what that type of like a chain. Yep. It has that feel to it, right? They make a blonde ale and a red ale and a, you know, whatever. So. Yep, I know, I know the place you, there you the places you're talking about where everything it's essentially paint by numbers brewing where everything is. Yeah, yeah. There you go, Bang. That's the rundown of the Vegas tap rooms. Well, you've done There's, more than what you even, said when you were talking about it. It's like you hardly been to any. You've only missed maybe two or three out of that. There whole are list. some. They didn't, they didn't mention Scenic on there. They didn't mention Las Vegas Brewing Company, which is building a downtown location. There's a few others on there that didn't that didn't pop up, but yeah, you're right. I've I've, I've hit a few more than than you would think. Yeah, I mean, um, the way you were talking, um, like you've hardly hit anything, but you you've done a fairly good job. You've covered a bigger percentage than Chicago. I I get that Chicago is a fucking big place, and there's a lot more breweries there, but you've done a pretty good job considering what's there. Well, I got to go to Light the Lamp Brewing now, apparently, and drive to fucking Gray's Lake, which I won't be doing this trip because it's going to be snowy and cold and horrible. So, yep. Pass. All right, Tony. It's time for a Christmas game. Now, you know, I already, I already, for lack of a better word, I already blew my wad on doing the Hallmark, uh, yep, uh, movie game. But good news other companies make movies, shockingly. Really, uh, and one company that's one company that's gotten real into the Christmas game. This might surprise you, Tony. Is a little old uh, content company. And, you know, they make some content, they organize some content, they buy content. You've probably heard these guys. They're called Netflix. Net- oh, Netflix. what's their business model? Oh, that's right. They mail you DVDs. <laughs> uh. I I believe I know at least one immediate family member who got those DVDs for many 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 years. Um, which hey, it's convenient, I guess, if you're watching movies. But you know what? I think they just recently shut down that arm of the business, um, and you know they're in panic mode, much like Blockbuster. And they came out with some, this streaming. It's never gonna shit, last. Whatever. People yeah, will just so go back to cable. But. On the plus side for them, they're also making content, and uh, you know, they've they've decided to be a little competitor of old Hallmark. I think in this Christmas content universe, they're not quite making the volume yet that Hallmark is, but they've they've got a few things out here. So what I've got for you today 
This isn't even, this is going to be a little trickier for you, Tony. Maybe we'll see if you can just dominate this one too. But I've got, these are selections from the Netflix Christmas holiday menu. Now, some of these are movies. Some of these could be TV shows. They could be anything. Or Christmas, delicious Christmas ales from the planet Earth. Okay. Uh, it's oh, a game good. of this or that. I'm, I'm glad you said from planet Earth because once you get outside of this rock, I really struggle around the setting area. Really struggle. Plink, plunk, plink, plunk, 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 this or that. Uh, can I just right, mention, Tony. before you get into it, uh, for any of our Australian listeners that have Stan, uh, there's a Christmas movie that's based in my area because Jimmy Reese, who plays one of the parts in the movie, is part of uh, the film and he has on his shirt Reg's Mafra Taxis. It's called uh, The Jones Family Christmas, based around the 2019 bushfires. So, yeah, check it out. Aussie Christmas movie. All right. All right, Tony, I got a handful of beers. I got a handful of movies. You tell me what, what you got. Might not be uh, movies. Now I'm, I'm, or shows, yeah, movies. Things you can watch on your, your TV at home. Uh, now, I'm not going to be doing anything too obvious. We're not going to be doing the Minions and more. We're not going to be doing Great British Baking Show holidays. You know, you're going to get that those in a fun, second. We gotta... I do like the holiday ones, actually, yeah. Although I get mad when I see bakers that I hated from the... Pre- <laughs> For some reason, the guy, Rahul, who won a few seasons ago, that pretty much won by default because the good baker, like, choked. Yep. Uh, that's when we had this whole argument on here that they should do a, a European soccer point system for a baking <laughs> show because I'm like, this guy didn't ever win until the last week. Um, but uh, I, he was on a Christmas one. I'm like, oh, God damn it. I hate this guy. But, uh, all right. Let's play the game. First one I got for you, Tony. This one is called Merry Happy Whatever. Oh, I think this has got to be a beer because if this was a movie, the amount of drama that would be caused on Fox News. Uh, oh, oh, wow, great point. American News Network, uh, that first network that Bill O'Reilly is a part of that Brian and I talked about that maybe nobody else heard, not really sure whether people heard it or not. Um, but part of that right-wing, like, corporate, like, big, well-funded, poorly produced news TV would be going off their tits if this was a Netflix product. So I'm going to say beer. All right, Tony, I got you on this one. This one's a Netflix. uh, This is a TV series, shockingly. I I wonder what the setup of this is going to be, if they're going to make this... (laughs) One season, so I guess they won't be making any more of it. My thought was maybe they were like, well, it's a Netflix series. Maybe we can do a Christmas season seat, like season every year. Yep, or Easter. But they just did one Easter. season. They made they made nine twenty nine minute episodes. Uh, this featured Dennis Quaid. Oh, Jesus uh, Christ! And I think uh, Ashley Tisdale is in here. You remember Ashley Tisdale? Of course, from the um, Disney on, movies. Um, she High was on some Disney though. movies. I think. I mean, you can tell they set it up this way. I don't want to. I don't want to be too piggish, but 
they definitely made it so she's wearing the tight kind of turtleneck sweater so that she's got the she's got the cans you know a little bit just enough that you can kind of see like okay Ashley Tisdale got yep. her thing going on right um but it looks pretty bad and maybe that's why this was not renewed <laughs> or maybe this wasn't supposed to be renewed I don't know what was going on here but Mary happy whatever here's what happened. a gruff put uh, <laughs> a gruff but protective patriarch the tight-knit family feels anything but jolly when his daughter brings her musician boyfriend home for Christmas. Tony, this is Fox News fucking fodder. They're going to love this. Yep. This is, um, you know what this reminds me of? What was the um, Paulie Shaw movie that he came home for Christmas to the farm? Uh, Son-in-law. Have you ever watched that? <laughs> Yeah, I've not watched Son-in-Law. <laughs> oh, you... Oh, no, no. you got to watch that. That is a cracker. Yeah, i got to do that. All right. Oh, God, Netflix keeps playing the... <laughs> they keep playing the... Now! <laughs> they keep playing the thing through my ears. Sorry, I keep getting the, I keep getting the sound. <laughs> Whenever I load the Netflix page up with some shit. I'm just looking at it so that I can... Uh, so I can um, tell you the description of the movie. Oh, this or has show, a, this has a lot of people. Well, two people that were uh, part of a like live studio audience comedy thing, and it had um, uh, Chris Delair in it. Um, <laughs> this is a very weird crew of people to be put together. All right, I got an I got another one for you. Let's try this one, Tony. This one's called uh, White Christmas in Mexico. White Christmas in Mexico. This, I think, is a Mexican cerveza. Like, how do you have a white... Unless this is a drug-running Christmas movie, this makes no fucking sense if you think about it logically, and that's perhaps my problem. People naming these shows don't actually use logic, and I don't see how... If you've got your Apple TV or your Roku box or your TV or however you're flicking through Netflix these days, um, how that grabs your attention to watch it. So I'm going to say that's a beer. Tony, you're right. This is a beer. It's uh, from Crooked Can, Ohio, uh, in Hilliard, Ohio. Don't know where that is. If any of my Ohio uh, listeners can let me know where the hell that is. It's a silky smooth white stout. You know I love that style, Tony. Oh, I love Inspired it. Inspired by the Mexican drink horchata. It's, oh, I do love horchata. I do like horchata. Uh, whole body, slightly sweet with strong notes of vanilla and cinnamon. 5.3%. Tony, what do you think the rating is on this? It's got 257 ratings. 3.67? Your fucking noggin's about to blow off because it did off mine. It's a 4.01. <laughs> On this five percent white, white stout, <laughs> this shit must taste exactly like horchata. So I kind of want it. <laughs> yep. Which sure, that's fine. So you get that one right, Tony. You're one for two. Uh, next one I got for you is called the Colorado Christmas Tree. This sounds like a pot movie. Because it does. Weren't they the first to legalize it? Uh, I'm going to say. This is a beer. We're up in the Rockies. 
we're heavily hopping it. We're taking inspiration from Sierra Nevada celebration beer. Collie, you're wrong about what beer it is, but you're right. It is a beer. Uh, it is a, I mean, you're not that wrong. It's a double dry hopped IPA uh, with Mosaic Strata, Columbus Cryo, and Mosaic Cryo. It's a hazy. Uh, whatever you do, don't forget your holiday lit list, uh, Tony. This only has 50 <laughs> ratings. From New Image. New Image, which is a brewery that I've only had via barrel-aged stout, and they're fucking pretty good. So this is probably a... I suspect this is a tasty beer. You're right about Colorado Christmas tree, although it does sort of sound like a um, like a Cheech and Chong. Yeah. Old che- they got, Netflix got old-ass Cheech and Chong. They get out here and do a Chris bro, you know. They got hey, that would be fucking great. Like, Tommy Chong maybe lost it, but Cheech Marin still fucking has it. Yeah, and I think that could be pretty good. All right, next one I got for you. This one's called Christmas Flow. Christmas Flow. This is a documentary teaching girls about their menstrual cycles. With the holidays. Maybe not, but I do think this is a Netflix product. Uh, I think it's a show based around rap battles. Yeah, you're not far off. Yeah, I probably should have known you would have figured that out. An unlikely Christmas romance blossoms between a famous rapper and a tenacious journalist, but can they make it work? despite their differences? The answer is yes. They yeah. always make it work. It's a romantic comedy, really for hope. fuck's sake. It's not called a romantic breakup. Oh, this isn't This isn't a movie. This is a three-episode series, like mini-series. <laughs> how is Netflix making... What is... What are our show? What are... On, how is stuff on TV? What is on TV? What is TV? This sounds... I mean, it sounds... I mean, it sounds like a Hallmark movie, right? It's a Hallmark movie. But they've just broken it up. Yeah, but the problem is that when you do three 50-minute episodes, that's 150 minutes. That's almost that's two hours and 30 minutes. Yeah. Right? You, yeah. That's why you break it up. That's so long. This is such a – this idea <laughs> is so – you need – this is an 86-minute movie, right? I mean, this is – you don't need that much time to tell this story. That's but what you blows ask, me away. I just, you ask what is TV. This is TV. This is the quintessential background noise, white noise machine of TV. Right. Now you're right. It's not wrong. I'm I'm getting I'm getting angry. <laughs> just getting angry. All right. All right. Next one I got for you. This is called Sugar Rush Christmas. Sugar oh. Rush Christmas. See, I, I want to say beer, but I'm not going to. I think because you said TV shows or limited series or whatever, I think this is a fucking baking competition and you knew it and you thought you would get me sucked in to say beer. So I'm going to say it's Netflix. God damn, Tony, you're, you're right on it today. This is Netflix. He's, he's got, he's, he's full of the fucking holiday spirit, this asshole. Uh, it's everything you love about Sugar Rush. Thank God. What is Sugar Rush? With a Rush? holly jolly holiday holiday twist. 
in this Christmas-themed spin on competitive baking. So you've got people making cupcakes. Uh, here's some of your judges. They had some good judges uh, on episode two. These are so long. These have, again, yet again. Uh, these have none of the interest or depth of watching Great British Baking Show, but all of the length, <laughs> right? It'll take all of the time it takes to watch that, yep. watch this, where they're only making cupcakes. It's all cupcakes. God damn it. So the judges are, uh, we have Chris Bosch was on the one of these as a guest judge. Uh, we have, uh, Sa- oh, Sasha Peterson. Now, I hate to admit that I do know who that is <laughs> from um, fucking Pretty Little Liars, which I watched most of with my wife. Um, Jordan <laughs> Sparks. Remember her, Tony? Yep. Remember Jordan Sparks? Oh, yes, I and, do. Yep. Uh, Abigail Breslin is on here. Uh, yeah, Adam is. Rippon, the, fig- the figure skater, is on here. So Feel Chris like Bosch, I was just impressed. I just kind of want to watch Chris Bosch house some Cupcakes, great, great NBA player, NBA legend Chris Bosh, Miami Heat legend, Toronto Raptor. I know that's the, that's the part that kills you, but uh, he was great on the Heat. They never would have won those titles without him, like taking a uh, slight backseat, being being the ball movement guy that he ended up being, and then uh, he was amazing on those Toronto teams. He could have been that forever. He was so good. All right. You're four or five. You're destroying me right now. Uh, next one up I got for you is called Christmas Bomb. Christmas Bomb. I, I, I don't know how this is a Netflix program. Um, maybe it's shooting out candy canes uh, or presents. But because it doesn't like Christmas Bomb, you could see it like sort of flopping, but that doesn't work with the naming convention. This is a beer. But what if it was like a movie where uh, a producer has to make a holiday movie and it just ends up totally failing, like miserably? Well, you would have come up with a better name than than Chris's bomb, and that that's my point. Well, he wouldn't. No, but that's not what he would have made. He would have made a different movie. But Christmas Bomb would be about a movie about him. No, it wouldn't making a bomb. It would have been like. Okay, well, no. It would have been like um, Freshwater Creek, the movie, or, or you know, it would have had that sappy Hallmark title to it. It wouldn't have had. All right, all right. Well, you're right. <laughs> you're right. It wouldn't be a movie because it's a beer from Prairie Artisan Ales. Uh, it's it's bomb. Though. They're stout. They're they're kind of core pastry imperial stout, but it's got Christmas spices added. The classics: cinnamon, ginger. Nutmeg, and they do a barrel aged version of this, and the barrel aged version is actually extremely dope. So, uh, you get that one right, Tony. You're, you're taking me to school today. Next one I got for you is called El Camino Christmas. <sighs> See, there's so many different ways you can take this. Is this related to the Spanish walking trail? Is this the pickup truck? I think it's the pickup truck, Um, and this is like a redneck Christmas on Netflix. So that's what I'm going to go with, redneck Christmas on Netflix, one way or another. Lock it in. You're going Netflix. Sorry, I have to... 
this using the Netflix website may be up there in just my least favorite experiences uh, that I've ever had. Um, well, it is a Netflix movie. You're right. El Camino Christmas. Uh, I don't know if it's... So this is stuck in a liquor store during an alleged robbery. A group of strangers shares hidden truths and forms an unexpected bond on Christmas Eve. This features... Here's a trio for you. Jessica Alba. Oh, Jesus. Huh? Okay. Dane Cook. Dax Shepard. I like Dax. Dax Shepard. And we have Tim Allen. Oh, don't like Tim Allen. Tim Allen, famous uh, lunatic and yeah. former uh, cokehead, I believe. Vincent Donf- D'Onofrio is in this. <laughs> what a wild fucking, group. <laughs> fucking Private Pile is in this. My God, I like Vincent D'Onofrio. I think he's great. Um, that's very funny. Okay, so this movie looks like it's probably pretty good. Just kidding. It's pr- really probably god-awful, but... Yeah, El Camino Christmas is, in fact, a movie on Netflix. I don't know if, I don't think Netflix made this one. No, they probably just bought it. Maybe. But a question, why do we have to use the word alleged robbery? It's it's fictional, right? In the description that you read out, (laughs) uses the word alleged robbery. Well, maybe that's an important thing to the plot is finding out if he did or didn't do the robbery. Right, maybe that's core to understanding of how what happens in the movie. I don't know. Uh, I, you know what? I have not. I have. I have not studied the entire. I watched more episodes of Home Improvement than I'm proud to say because it was on right before The Simpsons when I was a child. Hey, that was a um, fine show. It's just everything Tim Allen's so done I've not, since. So I've, I've probably studied more of the oeuvre of Tim Allen than is necessary. But I don't feel, I feel like I've laid eyes on Tim Allen enough for my life at this point. Um, I'm just going to leave, we're going to leave the rest of Tim Allen behind. It's just, it's over now. Next one I got for you, Tony. This one's called, sorry. I just wondered what number Santa Claus we're up to at this point. Because wasn't he the star of like those Santa Claus movies? Yeah, he was in all those. Yeah, the Santa Claus. That was probably, that probably is still, that and Home Improvement I think are, the royalty checks now. I don't see what else. He, he did do another show, and it was like he was working like a Bass Pro Shop. Um, Last Man Standing was the name of that show. It was pretty. I, fucking this awful. one, he made a lot of money on that too. Yeah, yeah. That was a big. That was a big Fox News thing too. Was that show? All right, next one I got for you. We're we're running out. I only have three left to try to get you uh, on anything here. You're you're well over the halfway mark. This is called uh, Operation Christmas Drop. I think this is is a movie. Or am I thinking of Operation Dumbo Drop, another um, Paulie Shaw? Operation Dumbo Drop is a movie. I'm going to give you that one. (laughs) I think that's a Paulie Shaw movie as well. I think he was in like three movies. Is Paulie Shaw in Operation Dumbo Drop? I don't don't know if that's true. Well, look it up. Um, Operation Dumbo Drop... Uh, has uh, Danny Glover, Ray Liotta. <laughs> no. Holy shit. Uh, I'm not kidding. It says Danny Glover and yeah. Ray Liotta as Green Berets. I don't doubt that. I, I must uh, have got Dennis, that. Dennis Leary, Dougie Doug are in that. What? <laughs> I don't know. Dude. I know Paulie Shaw was in Biodome along with Kylie Minogue. He was in Biodome. Yeah, that's true. 
And she was also in Street Fighter, the original one. Um, I'm going to say that you've specifically chosen this to remind me of things like that. I'm going to say that this is a beer. Ah, Tony, I gotcha. Yes, this is a movie. I couldn't believe it was a movie either because it sounds so much like Operation Dumbo Drop. But it uh, is Operation Christmas Drop, and it's a movie, and it's a romantic movie. A by-the-book political aide falls for a big-hearted Air Force pilot while looking to shut down his tropical base and its airborne Christmas tradition. So this is what old Griff likes to call (laughs) some Netflix military propaganda. (laughs) Fuck yeah, baby. Let's do it. Hell yeah. Uh this stars some of your favorite movie stars like Cat Graham. Don't know who that is. Maybe I should. Uh, two uh, Trezzo. Here's, here's a name. Trezzo, Trezzo Mahoro. I don't know who that is. Uh, so we got some, you know, some people that I don't know who they are. That's fine. It's a, it's a romantic little Netflix. Oh, uh, Cat Graham was in the Vampire Diaries. Oh, You're thinking yeah. of Kat Dennings. Did you say that, two broke yeah. girls? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, hey, you, you got it mixed up. <laughs> yeah, right. This is a uh, this is Cat Graham from the Vampire Diaries and Aunt Alexander Ludwig from the Vikings or from Vikings. So there you go. Operation Christmas Drop. We got two left. Let me see if I can squeeze anything else from this just for my own pride before Christmas. This one's called. Driving home from Christmas. This is definitely that low-budget Netflix. It's already been made. We're buying it for like $700,000. We're going to pump it out on our platform, kind of a movie. That's what I'm going to say. Oh, wow. All right. I'm, I'm on a little run here. Oh, I got two in a row. Run. This is a beer. This is a non-alcoholic beer, Tony. Oh, Driving home from that's... Christmas. That doesn't fucking count. It's on Untapped. It counts. It's a beer. Uh, this one is, I mean, and that's the point. Uh, I don't, I mean, listen, the, well, the idea, it's, it does get across. I looked at the description on the tool. It's from Tool in, um, in Denmark. The idea being you don't want to be driving home drunk from Christmas. I agree. But you will want to be at some point. Probably not. You're probably going to want a little buzz at some point. You're just going to have to work it off by the yep. end of the night so you can drive home. But you can't be drinking this all day because you're going to be fully aware of everything that's going on in the house. Uh, Tony, I want you to guess at the rating of this because I I don't know. This is just it's, it would be reassuring to me. Uh, it has 1,666 ratings. It's an NA uh Beer, obviously. So therefore, you can slash it under four by default. I'm going to go three point four four. Yeah, two point nine. I won't be touching any of this shit. Nope. I will. These these NA beers just it does not. I I don't know. It seemed to hit the target. Just drink soda water, people. Yeah, what? I know. I just have a pop. I had a pop yesterday. It was delicious. Um. Next one I got for you, the last one, Tony. You're going to win. You're, you've got six. I've got three. Yeah, you on this one. This one's called 1,000 Miles from Christmas. 
I'm going to go with Netflix. Don't know why, but I'm going to go with it. Honey, you're right. This is a Netflix. This is a Netflix special. Let's see if I can uh, find where it is and what it's about, so that I can make a funny joke about it. Because that's what everybody wants. Let's just type it into the fucking box. Who cares? Thousand Miles from Christmas was made in 2021. Uh, it is a romantic comedy. The story of a man in his 30s who learns reluctantly to get carried away by the Christmas spirit. So, uh, that's what it is. Uh, uh, no, wait. Oh, yeah, no. Well, actually, here's a better description of it. An auditor. Wow. An auditor who completely despises Christmas is sent to a small town for work where he meets a woman determined his cha- to change his view about the holiday. And this features... Uh, this is a Spanish romantic comedy movie, and it's got a number of people uh, from uh, Spain, I think, maybe. <laughs> there you go. wonder if this, cool. the title I mean, is a translated version, whether it's a Spanish I, I did look up. I actually did just type this in, and it is 1,000 kilometers from Christmas. <laughs> there you which go. Is far, which is not as far. No. Which isn't as far. Uh, 600 so miles. If you're if you're only 620 miles from Christmas, maybe it's not so bad. <laughs> yeah. you know, it's easier. I don't know. Uh, I will note that also added to the Christmas site, it appears right now. I I'm looking through this. I have delivery by Christmas now. Father Christmas is back. I want to. I actually do have to shout this out before we leave, because our of course our uh, our friend and listener Corey is a huge Kelsey Grammer fan. So oh. if you haven't seen Father Christmas is back. And you love Kelsey Grammer, you're gonna watch wanna watch Father Christmas is back with Kelsey Grammer and John Cleese. Uh it is truly something you uh it's truly something to uh really uh it's mm. you, you know what you can <laughs> turn it on. Uh, it's a show you can have on. And we got some other Christmas movies here. And I keep scrolling down, and at the bottom right corner is the Super Mario Brothers movie, a famous. Which one? The Bob Hoskins? No, goddamn! I wish oh. it's no, it's the new one with the with the voice of Garfield. I believe isn't Chris Pratt also going to be the voice of Garfield? I don't know. I don't keep up with that right wing nut job these days. Is Chris Pratt a right wing nut job? Yes. I don't know anything about. Him. I don't fucking know. What do I know? I don't, I, I what do I? I haven't watched Super. I haven't, I haven't seen anything with him in it in years. I don't think. Yeah. You don't uh, rewatch sure. Parks and Rec, Rick? You know what? It never. It never. It was not for me. That was a good the work show. shows were never for me. That was an unfortunate thing about me. It's just couldn't couldn't get into it. He may I not like be. the vampire ones. Vampires and crazy monsters. That's that's those are my shows. There you go. Um, yeah. All right, Tony. Chris Pratt's kind of game. up in the air. Why apparently. don't you tell people? So, what's that? He, he's kind of up in the air as far as whether he's a Republican, but he is married to Kath, Catherine Schwarzenegger. So these days, well, I mean, that's at least the old type of lunatic. So yeah. Yep. So the the type that it seems like many of the I'm not going to get into it, Tony. We'll do this. For hours. <laughs> I'm just gonna, 
<laughs> We're just going to skip right over what I was going to say. Now I don't even want to say it. Old school Republicans oh, like, you just like, tell people like Tucker Carlson. Old school Republicans is like Joe Biden. <clears throat> but why don't you uh, why don't you tell people why don't you tell people where they can find us, huh? If you got a few spare dollars like Joe Manchin and Kirsten Cinema, you can donate at ko-fi.com forward slash beer engine podcast. And of course, all our George, uh, George I was about to say George Floyd. George Soros. Not George Soros, George Santos supporters. I know you've got spare dollars. If you can get a George Soros, if I could get a George Soros fucking uh, cameo, I want it now. I'll pay a thousand dollars for it. Uh, you can you can send us some of those free political dollars. You can also email us beerengineshow at gmail.com. Hit up our Instagram at beerenginepod. But if you really want to see what we're doing, we're checking in beers. I checked in 156 this year because I was a bit slack. Um, I'm St. Moz on, on Untapped, and that man across from me is checking in beers from Australia to uh, America, Las Vegas, Denmark. He's checking them in everywhere. He is Griff AD. Oh, boy. Excellent job, honey. Very good. Make sure you join us on Discord. Like I said earlier in the show, you can just click the link at the bottom of the page. Looks like a video game controller. It'll send you right into our Discord. And we will be taking the week off next week to enjoy the holidays with our families. Uh, And then we'll be back the 27th. Now, I did want to give one quick pre-exit comment uh, that right when we get back from the holidays, we'll have a normal show. And then, Tony, I suspect right when the New Year starts, whether it's the first week or the second week, uh, not that you and I are too good at scheduling anything, it'll be time for the annual Drippy Awards. We'll be time for the Drippy Awards. Yeah, we need all of our listeners to get out there on the Discord and tell us things like your favorite beers, your favorite experiences, your favorite things you did this year uh, from a beer standpoint. Uh, or from a tap room, or from a pub, or from a, just an overall fun night out type of experience. We want to hear it. And tell us all the worst shit. You know, tell us what sucked ass. Who did you hate? Who was a big dickhead to you? Who are you sick of hearing about on our show? Uh, feel free to put all that stuff out there. We have a channel for it on the Discord. So, so give us that stuff because it'll be it'll be fun to talk about it here in a, in a few weeks, and we'll do that. Probably at the start of next year. Could, uh, could so I give a suggestion who's going to uh, scoop all the great categories, like the good categories that you want to win? The good categories, yeah. It's going to be like favorite, your favorite beer, your favorite brewery, yep. um, your favorite bar, your favorite tap room. Well, uh, your favorite, favorite tap whatever. room and favorite bar, they're not going to win. But I'm going to put this out early. I know I shouldn't do this with my own award show where I have a deciding vote, but I thoroughly believe in my heart of hearts, just like Boulder Gate um, scooped the game awards, ultra right-wing beer is going to scoop every single award it is eligible for. Oh, you for. want to make some predictions. Oh, okay. I see yep. what you're saying. Yeah. All right. So you're – all right. We can – let's get some Let's get some requests out there. Let's get some nominations out there. Let's get some – Thoughts out there, and then we'll start taking bets. But uh, yep. who had the swimsuit yeah, calendar right. of think... the year? Can art of the year, grift of the year, yeah. um, contract brewing of the year. Um, 
most in the news. Best lager. Yeah, best lager. Most generic lager. Yeah. Most overpriced hey, lager. Point. I mean, who's not looking at that ultra rights calendar and can't, you know, you got to, you got to put your, you know, you're holding your hands above your head trying to keep yourself from, and you're like, oh shit, like this, this thing is too hot. This is too hot. I got to get out from my computer. Yeah, it's crazy. All right. Yeah, do that, gang. Get on the Drippies uh, channel and post some, post your nominations and post your yep. predictions and post your favorite stuff. And we'll be back in two weeks with some more of this stuff that you love. All right. So long. Bye. I tell you, if um, we were having the Drippies over at uh, this, and oh, Jack Johnson would win guest of the year. <laughs>